friends, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. My name is Tim Fulton, the founder and chief evangelist for Small Business Matters. I'm your host for this podcast. My co-host is Taylor Fulton, the director of marketing for Small Business Matters. Hello, Taylor. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon, and and I'm really excited about today's show and our guest today, uh, Alan Adams. Um, Let me go ahead. I I don't want to waste a a moment because I've got a lot that I want to ask of of Alan today. Uh, Alan Adams is the state director for the University of Georgia Small Business Development Center. He has served with the, uh, the SBDC for 16 years, over 16 years, in a number of different capacities including a role with the Minority Business Division, the International Trade Division, and the Rural Economic Development Program, as well as serving as the Associate State Director. He also additional experience, including position as the Associate Director at the Carl Vinson Institute of Government and a staff member in both the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives. Taylor Allen has spent some time in Washington, D.C., He's a member of the Georgia Economic Developers Association and the National Association of Small Business Development Centers as well. Alan got his undergraduate degree right there at University of Georgia, got his degree in political science, which I'm sure has served him well over over his career. And Taylor, he also got his uh, MBA from Brunel University right here in Georgia. Alan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you much for having me. Well, we're excited to have you here. And and Taylor, I should also share with you and, and our guest today that I've known Alan now for over over 20 years, and he's threatened me with with stories that he has. <laughs> I'm hoping that he won't have we time. We can't wait to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> it's been both a pleasure and a privilege to, to know Alan for that amount of time, and there's no better representative of the of University of Georgia than, than Alan Adams. So, Alan, the first question we pose this to all of our guests. What is it that you do that matters to small business? Well, I think the Small Business Development Center program can be a great resource for business owners who are struggling with how to grow their business. Maybe they've started something, it's not working out like they thought, or they want to, to think through additional expansion opportunities or even starting a business is they can come to the SBDC. There's no cost to them to, to talk with our professionals. And they can vet ideas, they can look at strategies, new marketing techniques, um, just viability of ideas. Uh, and they get feedback from professionals who've got practitioner experience, but have, have, also have a lot of knowledge from seeing so many different kinds of businesses. It's sort of an objective feedback mechanism that, that, that really for no direct cost. So it's a, it can be a great resource for business owners. So, Alan, tell our listeners a little bit more about uh, what the SPDC does in terms of its specific services and and maybe more specifically what you see most commonly with people that walk through the door. Sure. Typically, people come in with some sort of a self-diagnosed challenge or problem for their business. And, you know, like you go to the doctor, they don't immediately start treating you over what you say you have. We're going to, our folks are going to ask some questions or whatever to see if what you think is your problem is really the first thing you need to look at. Certainly, every business is interested in increasing sales and they've got cash flow problems and they think maybe I need to increase my sales. Well, if you're losing money on every product, the faster you sell, the quicker you run out of money. So that may not really be the issue. So 
we're going to kind of talk through people. What, what, what do you think your issue is? What's your challenge? But, but so many times business owners have a great passion and knowledge for their product or their service, but they may not necessarily have all the skills to make that business economically viable. So they need to strengthen their understanding of how money works through the business, or maybe they need to work on their marketing skills, or they just may have an aversion to accounting and record keeping, and they really need better data on what's going on. And they either need to learn to do that for themselves or get somebody to do that for them. So that's kind of what we're going to do. If they want to go deep in a skill area and, and learn more themselves, we can do that with them. We have specialists in accounting, finance, marketing, human resources, just about anything you can think of. Um, or if you want to look at how do I build a, a management team because I don't want to do all these things. I know what my strength is and I want to focus my time there. So really, we can kind of dovetail to what the individual wants from real minutia. Uh, again, if you want to set up your own accounting system and learn how to operate and reconcile that yourself, we can do that. Or if you want to do those more fun, sweeping marketing things, digital marketing, social media marketing, we can, we can help people learn how those concepts and principles apply to their unique business circumstance. And Taylor, I've always been on record as saying that I, th I think the SBDC network in Georgia is the, the most valuable resource that small business owners have uh, for themselves here in the state and one of the best kept secrets uh, as well. And, and I was one of their worst hires. I worked at <laughs> for uh, early in my career for a little over a year, and it was great experience for me. I learned an awful lot about small businesses and and working with small business owners, and, and I credit that considerably in, in terms of my own career. So, Alan, uh, the, the SBDC is a kind of a partnership between University of Georgia and the SBA, and maybe explain to our listeners that partnership, and then also, how is the SBDC funded? Sure. The SBDC program is actually a national program. It's uh, authorized and, and appropriated by Congress. And it exists in all 50 states and all of the U.S. territories. You know, uh, they, they've got one in Guam. They've got one in the Virgin Islands. They've got a program in Puerto Rico, those kinds of things. The, the idea behind the program was to, to help small business owners who, who are typically cash tight get the kind of professional assistance they need, particularly in their formative years, that they may not be able to afford to acquire and, and, and try to help deal with this issue of failure rates in businesses because owners make mistakes about what they don't know. Um, it is a partnership program with the states. The federal government puts in funding. The states put in funding. The concept behind the program is educational in nature. So higher education institutions are the state partner in Georgia. It's the University of Georgia is the lead. We do partner with several other colleges and universities in the state of Georgia to cooperatively operate some of our locations. But in each of those locations, identical skill set of people, same services. If you come into one office, you're going to get the same kind of assistance you can get in another. So it works out very well. As far as funding, um, again, it is a matching state dollar to federal dollar program. And the, the federal money's allocated on a population share. So there's a total appropriation for the country. And then 
based on the population of your state, you get a portion and then you, your, your institutions have to match that. Um, so it, it works out pretty well the way the money works. It's kind of equitable to, to states in that manner. And it, it, it's, it's a system that's been in place now for 35, 40 years. It, it, it works pretty well. One question I want to touch back on is you mentioned in your previous response that a lot of customers or clients come in and they think they know what's wrong with them. And then your team kind of digs in a little bit more. Is it typical that what they think is wrong with them is actually not the real problem? No, I wouldn't say that's typical. Most of the people we deal with are, have already been in business for a little while. So mm-hmm. they've already made an investment. They've got something going. They generally have a pretty good idea of what their issue is. So no, there's not a whole lot of redirecting, but it does happen. Um, sometimes people are, they have opportunities to grow. They, you know, not all, not, not, not many businesses can finance their growth out of revenues. So they're looking for either equity capital, debt capital somehow. And I think that's one where our folks try to be careful, particularly on the debt side. You don't, you can borrow more than you actually need, but then you've got that debt burden on your cash flow. So try to be careful that on those kinds of situations where people, what do you really need? What do you not? Of course, we get into a recessionary kind of time like we have now. Maybe it's not as easy to borrow money. Maybe they don't want to heighten their debt. So it's then it's, all right, let's see how much cash. If you if you work on your cash flow some, there may be money here in the business you can better utilize and you don't have to borrow. Of course, equity can be a great thing. It keeps debt pressure down. But if you're surrendering control of your business, you as an individual may not want to do that in order to obtain that equity investment. So them understanding what equity means, it sounds attractive on the front end because you don't begin incurring debt, but you might be taking on another opinion. You don't, you don't, you might not like later. Sure. Makes sense. Alan, I was doing a little bit of research this afternoon and uh, I was just astounded the number of clients that the SBDC will work with in any given year, thousands of, of small business clients, the amount of capital that, that you all help those businesses raise. I also saw that the companies that the SBDC works with on average, they grow faster, they hire more people, great, great metrics that speak to the effectiveness of your work. But you said something that, that caught my attention. You stated in one of the articles that many small businesses, a high percentage of small businesses, fail after a certain amount of time. That's true nationally. It's true here in Georgia. What is your sense? Why is it that so many small businesses uh, fail? And and maybe what can we do? What do you all do to try to address that? Well, you know, Tim, nobody can ever eliminate the risk of the marketplace. You can do everything right. And all of a sudden you have something like COVID come up and states are ordering businesses closed and you didn't do anything wrong and your business is gone. So there are other factors, but again, I think people oftentimes have a limited perspective or skill set if they haven't run a business before or been intimately involved. And it's just mistakes estimating the market, potential response to what they're doing. Again, you've seen this yourself, Tim, with, 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 with your clients, people borrowing money early on, overestimating sales, underestimating costs. All their collaterals locked up. They need more cash and they can't get it. They made a mistake on the front end. 
estimating the finances, and then they're sort of tapped out. And it's not that the, the idea is bad, they're just undercapitalized, they can't get any more. So those kinds of things can happen to people, no fault of their own, or yes, they made reasonable guesses and, and something happened un, you know, that they, they just couldn't account for. So those kinds of things occur and, the, and then it's just gone. Or sometimes people get in and they just, their, their, their customer service charm is just not what they thought it was. And they, they got a good idea, but they don't really build a good customer base. Just all kinds of things can happen. But we're really focused on the, those kinds of things that people can learn and acquire better knowledge about to make better decisions and allocations, that kind of thing. And Alan, you, you mentioned something that I think a lot of people overlook, and I think the research even overlooks at times, and that's just the role of luck, just pure luck when it comes to small business. And you know, who knows when, a, a, we'll call it a black swan event like COVID or a recession happens, and even the best idea, the best teams may not survive, just bad yeah. luck. Yes, and it is. Sometimes it's just market timing that you couldn't have guessed. And of course, we had one of these classic situations where right when, when, the, when the COVID stuff hit in March of last year, one of our people had somebody who had just opened a travel agency. Mm-hmm. Game over. <laughs> you know, and of course, Tim, you saw it back in 9-11 and all that kind of stuff. People who were in travel and entertainment and hospitality things, just, when, you know, when you have big segments of the economy change dramatically. And like I tell people, small businesses, even in good times, many small businesses are living 30, 60, 90 days from being out of cash or being out of money. And, you know, these, these kind of triggers can, can just come up and it is, call it luck. It's bad luck maybe. Yeah. But it just, you can't control some of those things. Alan, let me follow up on that. I'm glad that you brought that up. So a year ago, right, March 2020, the world practically stopped for many people, including small businesses. What did you see in terms of the impact on small business in, in Georgia? And then how did you all respond to that? A normal recessionary cycle, you're going to kind of have some lead time into this drop off of business and, and you can sort of get ready and businesses can start to see it slowly trickling down. The unique thing about what happened last in March, last March was this sort of precipitous drop. Um, this issue of states ordering certain businesses closed and all of that very suddenly, travel dropping off, hotels closing, all these things went on. It was so rapid. Now, of course, again, that, that creates a, a shock and a concern wave through small businesses who are who don't have deep financial reserves, so everybody's scrambling, how do I respond? Certainly our phone calls just started started exploding. And the the unusual thing about this time was the quickness of it, but then also all of a sudden all these federal loan programs started coming out. And all of a sudden there was this recognition of businesses need immediate cash. Um, Now the thought at that time was these programs were set up, some of them with a shorter time frame in mind. Nobody initially was thinking this was going to go on a year plus, but we got to get them to summer. So that created some opportunities to help people. While all that's going on at the same time, University of Georgia and other schools were closing their campuses and sending everybody home. So at the very time there's high demand for us, 
we're all working from home all of a sudden. And the, and the call volume went through the roof. We were asked by the governor's office to do webinars on, on the loan programs that were coming out. And so we're trying to, we really hadn't done a lot of teaching online. So we're trying to new, learn new technology and communication messages. And normally in a regular year, we'll deal with, as far as formal client relationships, 4,000, 4,500 businesses and run another 4,000 through training programs. Last year, we had, you know, 25,000 people in training programs. We, we actually stopped record keeping for a couple of months because of the call volumes it, with, with permission from SBA just to help deal with the volume. So we know we saw an increase of a couple of thousand in regular clients, but there was many there were many more people that we only had short relationships with, help them understand what was going to be required, get them to their banker, and they were good to go. So we don't even know how many people exactly we dealt with last year because we just stopped record. It takes too much time to do all that, all the paperwork government requires. And Alan, now that we are a year plus into the pandemic, what are you seeing from a small business perspective now? Are things starting to come back to fruition or we still have a long ways to go? Well, like any any time of economic distress, there are businesses that suffer and then there's also opportunities for other businesses. Um, certainly everybody in the hospitality, entertainment, travel, food service, just, you know, they're still struggling. And people aren't traveling as much. People can't congregate as much. People aren't going out to eat in the same way they did. So all of that is continuing. Of course, there's been, we've seen all kinds of estimates on the total number of businesses in the country that have closed or the percentage of. So all of that is still shaking those industries pretty, pretty bad. Of course, we saw farmers, many of them are small. You, you had this, the buying wholesalers and things they sold through. They weren't buying for schools anymore. They weren't buying for restaurants anymore. So farmers were harvesting and their wholesalers weren't buying because they'd lost the, the end user. So all of a sudden they're scrambling to try to find new markets quite suddenly for product that has a matter of days or weeks of shelf life. So those kinds of things have settled down a little bit more. And then there's certainly people who did personal protective equipment and other things. Their businesses have done quite well. Some of them have expanded rapidly or businesses who were making one thing. Everybody's heard the stories about distilleries and such that went into the hand sanitizer business. You know, <laughs> we don't want you to drink it. We want you to wash your hands with it. And, you know, and it was a, a lifesaver for them. We had one client down in South Georgia we did a story on. It was a restaurant and they couldn't have customers anymore. And they very cleverly repurposed into doing dog treats and dog snacks and things. And veterinarians had done great this last year. People are home more. They're paying more attention to their pets. People are acquiring pets because they're home more. And so veterinarians, those kind of things have gone well. And the dog treat business apparently is doing quite well. So we, those kinds of things have been going on. Yeah. Alan, we like to uh, focus on leadership on this podcast as it relates to to small organizations and small businesses. You hold a, a leadership position as the state director for the SBDC in Georgia. How would you describe your role in that leadership position? What are you responsible for? 
Well, in our group, you know, Tim, we're we're 18 locations, so we're not all operating under one roof. We've got all these uh, locations across the state, and everybody we hire comes out of the private sector. They're all former business owners, former loan officers, former CPAs, whatever the case may be, and uh, they don't need me telling them what to do every day. They're business professionals. So we, we, we have all kind of reporting and recording metrics and we got a whole management scheme. But for me, my, my job is not the day-to-day of what's going on in our environment. It's For me, it's more what, what do we need to do to, 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 to stay in line with SBA expectations? What do we need to do to stay in line with University of Georgia and State of Georgia things? And really, we're big enough that my job's not about day-to-day stuff. It's more what's around the curve, what's over the hill. Let's make sure we're, we're staying in focus. Um, let's not get way off track. We have all kinds of accountability measures. We get reviewed out of Washington. We get reviewed out of the state. This year, we've got an accreditation review coming up in a, in a month or so. And So we're for me, it's, it's more of that sort of general management looking out down the road while everybody else is doing the real helping businesses, where the businesses, where the business owners live and work and what is germane to them right now. So I I tell people I'm sort of the the head bureaucrat. Taylor, it's interesting as I heard Alan respond to that question while he is a a leader in the government sector and the public sector if, if I hadn't heard that first part, what I heard him describe was a very typical role for a CEO of a company of a, of a similar size, responsible for getting the right people in the right seats, responsible for funding, responsible for looking forward and, and knowing where the organization is heading and creating a, a, a path for that, working with government, uh, government agencies. Very interesting, the parallel between you know, what we hear CEOs on this podcast talk about their role and and what Alan does. Yeah, you know, and, and, and something I talked to you about some years ago, Tim, was, I mean, our, our only real resource is the business consultants, as we term them. I mean, what they know and their ability to communicate it is the only resource we have. So it's very important we have the right people. And of course, we, are, we require people with, you know, advanced educations, a lot of experience, that kind of thing. So, but we can't pay price competitive, marketplace competitive wages. So we're looking for people that have acquired a lot of knowledge, have a lot of passion, or, or look, enjoy helping other people and feel like they've learned something and they, they, they want to do something to help other business owners. So finding people and keeping the focus on that and the right skill sets and what we need is a big focus that we don't get caught up and just trying to fill an opening. We, we, we want to get the right kind of person because each person is the fundamental building block of our street credibility, our reputation, that kind of thing. And I've talked with you in the past about how do we market ourselves to attract those kind of people. And you you gave me some advice some years back about internal workplace survey we do based on Gallup organization from a book you you use in some of your teaching, uh, First Break All the Rules. And uh, that has been a, a great tool for us. And uh, some, of the, some of the things about that, that that were good for our workforce and our place, you recommended we go apply for one of these best workplace awards. And if we want it, 
use it in our advertising to draw these kind of people who are looking for that um, sort of give back kind of job where they have a little more control over their time and schedule. And we, we did that and we won one of those and we started using our marketing and it helped quite a bit. Now I know it's probably hard to narrow it down to just one, but I'm, I'm curious, uh, one piece of advice that you would give to a small business owner that walked through the door today. I think, you know, business owners, t- typical business owners, they're, they, they've got a level of confidence and um, certainly you, you can't be risk averse and be a business owner. You can't be very risk averse. So taking the time to plan, taking the time to think through, don't just, you know, shoot from the hip, go with the gut, although you need to do that some. Taking the time to think out, get advice, get some other perspectives. It can save you a lot of heartache and a, heart, a lot of heartburn. In, in the long term. So there are resources that don't cost you a lot or don't cost you anything that can help you assess and think through. And that can really be helpful. We hear it all the time. You know, boy, I wish I had known about y'all when I started, you know, because <laughs> by the time we see them, you know, something's on fire and they need some help. And um, so I think for business owners, you know, you, you need to be courageous, but there's a fine line between courageous and maybe a little foolhardy. So stay on the courageous side and take advantage of resources that are available. And I always tell people, you're paying for them through your taxes, so why not avail yourself of it? So Alan, I've got one more question for you, and then I'll turn it over to Taylor for his rapid fire questions. Uh, I mentioned in in my intro that you worked in Washington, D.C., in in both the, the House and the Senate as an aide. I'm wondering, is there any part of that that would lure you back to D.C.? And what, if anything, has changed there now versus when you were there? Well, of course, as you mentioned, my undergrad was in political science, and that's how I ended up there. And I I, I maintain an interest in those things. And in my role at the university and the way the SBDC program's funded, I'm I'm up there every year um, meeting with congressional staff, and we do that down here and meeting with members. And so, so all of that comes in handy, but, um, it's a, it's a much more difficult environment up there now. Just the, the, the partisan competitions have gotten a lot more intense over the years. So it's not as collegial environment as it once was. So it's, it's difficult. I mean, I appreciate the heck out of people that want to serve in public office. It's difficult, you know, whatever you do, there's going to be somebody who likes it and somebody who doesn't. And in the era of social media and 24-hour news cycles, it's just very tough. I, I've always appreciated people who are willing to serve like that because you've you got to have some tough skin. you got to really have some tough. And issues are never as simple as they seem to us. One of the things I left Capitol Hill was that these guys just get bombarded with information and opinions. And every opinion has some merit. Everybody has an argument. Everybody has a case, even when they're contradictory. And it's, it's, it's tough. It's difficult. I appreciate what they do. You, you couldn't make me do it. <laughs> Friends, you're listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. Our, our guest today is Alan Adams. Alan's a state director for the Small Business Development Center Network here in the state of Georgia. So, uh, Alan, next we're going to go to our rapid-fire questions. The, the way that it works is Taylor's going to ask you a series of short-answer questions. He's going to try to stump you with these questions. I've already told him that with your intellect, your experience, it's not going to happen, but he's intent 
upon asking these questions. So Taylor, I'll turn it over to you. All right. I always love the intro. Uh, <laughs> first and foremost, as noted, you are a, a proud UGA alum. So do you have a favorite UGA tradition? I don't know. When I was certainly when I was a student there, I thought the the, the ringing the bell after Georgia wins a football game is kind of a neat thing. And, you know, when you're fre freshman and stuff, it's more interesting. But people going up on campus and and pulling that rope, that's kind of a neat thing. Yeah. Is there a, uh, a Georgia alum that you would like to meet? Somebody that is uh, somewhat famous or unfamous? I've, I've met a couple of the famous alums, Fran Tarkenton and Herschel Walker and those kinds of things. Um, I was lucky with a student. I got to meet Dean Rusk, who had been Secretary of State for President Kennedy and President Johnson. Just very impressive. But um, You already made all the rounds. Yeah, yeah. I have noticed that there's, there's a, a young lady who's a, a recent graduate of, of UGA who's going to speak at commencements, uh, Maria Taylor, who broadcasts on ESPN. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I wouldn't mind meeting her. You know, she had kind of a dust up last se uh, season before last with Nick Saban, and he actually apologized to her. Um, that, she, she deserves brownie that points. Never happens, that. right? <laughs> Very good. All right. Uh, next, what is your favorite business book and non-business book? I'm real partial to the, you know, to good to great. So that's been around quite a while now. Jim Collins, we used uh, a lot of his principles in kind of redirecting the SBDC some years ago. And uh, another book we're, we've leaned on heavily is Patrick Lencioni has a book, The Advantage. Mm -hmm. And it's about building a culture and organization and you know you've heard this expression for you culture beats strategy and i think in our case we have found that to be true non-business books I, I don't read a lot of non-business anymore i used to be a novel reader and tom clancy i love tom clancy books but i had to quit reading them because i couldn't get any sleep you know it's one of those i'm gonna read one more hour <laughs> i'm just gonna read one more hour and then i'll it's time to get up and i so I, I quit him. I, he sort of ruined me on novels because they were too good. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, last question. We'll get you out of here on this. And this is my dad's favorite. So this is not, this is not my original question. Uh, but if there was a movie about Alan Adams, who plays you in that movie? <laughs> I don't see a lot of movies. I'm typical of people my age. I don't go to movies that much. I did more when my kids were younger, but. I've always really liked Denzel Washington. He just, hey, you know, you he can play anything. He can be funny. He can be harsh. He just, you know, he just seems like this easygoing, nice guy. Denzel Washington. That's a great answer. That is. That's a, that's a great answer. Yeah. Uh, Alan, I'm sure that a number of our listeners will want to uh, reach out to the Small Business Development Center. What is the easiest way for them to contact uh, one of the centers? Uh, we've got them around the state. If you just want to find the center closest to you, it's easy to just Google Small Business Development Center or Georgia Small Business Development Center. Go to our locations and you pick pick the office you want to call. You can live in Brunswick, and if you want to talk to somebody in Rome, that's fine. You can do that too. But we do have offices in proximity to people, and that's the easiest way to find them. If you're not if you're not sure about that, you can call your local chamber of commerce. They know our people all over the state. Your local chamber is another good way to easily find the local SPDC. 
Terrific. Thank you very much. Well, Taylor, I've got a page full of notes. Alan talked about the role of the, the SBDCs in Georgia, providing one-on-one consulting, counseling, doing a variety of different training programs for small business owners. Talked a little bit about why businesses fail and how to prevent those failures, the role of luck in the small business, which we agreed is significant. We also learned about what the SBDCs did this past year for small businesses during COVID. Over 20,000 uh, contacts with small businesses over the last year. That's just, that's, that's amazing. And my, my guess is that number is actually uh, much larger. So a uh, lot of great takeaways. How about for you, Taylor? What, what did you learn today? Yeah, I think all the ones you mentioned are, are certainly uh, noteworthy on my list. Um, I just, I love learning more about the SBDC and the services they provide because as, as you mentioned, it's such a uh, a good known secret here, especially in Georgia. So always learn, enjoy learning more about uh, what the SPDC does and who they serve. So Alan, thank you for being with us and enjoyed having you as our guest today. Great hearing more about the, the work of the Small Business Development Centers. And, and thank you. Thank you for everything that you do, everything that the, the agency does. All right. Thank you all for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Alan. Taylor, a lot going on in the world of Small Business Matters. Uh, monthly newsletter, any of our listeners who are not already subscribed, they can do so by visiting the website at smallbusinessmattersonline.com. Uh, our lunch event is coming up. We've got uh, Theo Gilbert Jameson, an expert on world-class customer service, is going to be at our lunch event next week. Looking forward to that. Our mastermind groups continue to meet uh, every, every Monday morning, if any of our listeners are interested, and of course, the Small Business Matters podcast. Well, listeners, thank you for being with us for the Small Business Matters podcast. It is the only podcast that truly matters to small business. May each of you continue to pursue all that matters.